Welcome to the Limitation is Memorize podcast. Today, I have a superhuman guest and Pete. Pete is an author, a coach, a mentor, a speaker, an all-around deadly awesome human being. In fact, you might say he is mighty. See what I did there? <laughs> uh, I've known Pete for a long time. We've worked together. We've talked together. We've I don't know if we've shared a stage yet together, but I think somebody should make that happen. If we haven't, I can't even remember. Um, so for anyone listening that doesn't understand what I just ranted at, do you want to give a wee brief, who is Pete? That's a very good, good question. Who the hell am I? But I sound great with the way you put it. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I was quite happy with that introduction. Yeah, I am the mighty Pete Lawton. Um, I'm pretty much all those things that you mentioned. And listen, I'm just having fun trying to be the greatest version of me right now and being the, the superhuman version of me, you know? So, uh, you know, that's what it's all about. I should have the t-shirt to match. I do have the t-shirt just... Yeah, yes. We've shared a virtual stage, but we haven't shared an actual stage, have we? No, I don't think we have. You know, we've shared many things, but no, not stages. <laughs> so, uh, not yet. I'm um, sure oh, maybe this is divine inspiration for us today. Maybe. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. If I'm ready. Let's go. I know everyone listening will be like, yes, that's going to be fucking awesome. Let's go. That's. I'm ready. Give me a ticket. Uh, now we have tickets for this imaginary show that I've invented. Um, Just follow the link below. <laughs> Just insert it here. Great. So what, what is it that you do with people? What, what is your, like, I'm trying to think of the, because I, I know, I know the answer, obviously I've known you for, I'm trying to think of the question. You find people's inner genius, I suppose, would be. Yeah, that was it. I mean, listen, I was working at the other day, five, more or less five years ago. I was a building engineer, I was depressed, I was confused, I was many things. And really over the last five years, I've gone on this journey, and this journey of self-discovery, uh, which is great. And that my turning point in my life was 37 and a half years. And over the last five years, I've set up a new podcast. We've, uh, over the last two years, we've done that. We've uh, over 300 episodes done. We have I've launched a, a best-selling book, of which you were kindly one of the the authors in there as well, which is fantastic. Be heard to be rich. Listen to your inner genius, hosted by uh, held up by the, the the wonderful Liam. And um, yeah, so do you know what? It's just been a really a game of me versus me and me sort of getting out of my own way because frankly, the way I was doing stuff was working reasonably well, but wasn't brilliant. Mm -hmm. and I was sort of trying to break myself I was bits falling off me and all these crazy things so um, I think like a lot of people in life you get to the point where you actually have to say I've got to do things smarter rather than keep working harder I couldn't work any harder to be quite honest you know I was I really sort of pushed myself into things and then family were coming along and all the rest and, and we lost the business and you know I, I really had to step back and say listen what do I want to do and it's on that journey where I've got to, my curiosity led me to speak to, you know, get talking to people like yourself to say, you know, what's your passion? You know, what, what gets you up in the morning? And, and so that was my intention to begin with is saying, if I talk to enough people, maybe I'll discover my passion. And then, so you talk to people and then they, they really love, you know, what they do. And then you talk to the next person, they love what they do. And then you notice differences. And a bit like the, the book Think and Grow Rich, I mean, he interviewed, you know, Napoleon Hill interviewed about 505 people for that book. So the, the basic part inside me said, listen, if I interview 505 people, I'm sure I'm going to be a little bit smarter than I am today. I'm going to learn something, right? Yeah. And maybe I'll find my passion, my fire in the belly on, on route. And as it so happens one of my passions is actually talking to people. I love talking to people about their passion because it is infectious. You know, anytime you get speaking to anyone that loves what they do, then it actually invigorates me as, you know, the person asking them the questions. I love asking them because they love answering. And, you know, it's, it's a, you know, it's a beautiful connection. And it's really that side of it that sort of took off for me. And I just have a, a sort of, to me, it's very natural. I sort of ask them questions that seem absolutely natural for me. I don't, a bit like yourself, I don't come in here with a set of 20 questions and no matter what you say, I'm going to ask these <laughs> questions. It's, yeah. I start with a blank sheet and I just try and be present. I try and listen. I listen for their language. I listen for where we've got, you know, they're sort of slightly more energetic or less energetic and try and just genuinely be present and connect with them. 
Um, and then, you know, that gets into a very deep conversation and sometimes I ask questions that others won't or don't. And sometimes it takes people by surprise or sometimes you get to places that they didn't intend to. And, and that has been, a, you know, something for me, which I've then brought into my mentoring side. And that ability to ask people or to really sort of listen to people, not what, not just the words they're saying, but what their body's telling me, their body language, their tone, their, you know, their efforts, their actions, what's all, you know, so when we look at all the other clues that are going on and not just what, you know, Bob, Jane, whoever is actually saying to you, because listen, what we say and what we do quite often are very different things. So yeah. by me sort of spotting that difference, that's the bit that sort of, I think, makes me into a, an excellent coach and a mentor that actually allows people to, frankly, I do call bullshit. And that's, you know, there's times when I've had people telling me a lovely story and I'll just cut them down. Um, <laughs> and some people find that harsh, but it's like, listen, I haven't time to waste and people aren't coming to me to be tickled. They're coming to me because they either want to excel or they want to do, you know, get to somewhere they haven't got already in life so they're, they're trying so, to find change and again yeah. telling you the same story they've told everybody else isn't going to make change um i used to ask the question what was the point in that when they finished their story that was before i realized oh i can actually interrupt these stories i don't need to listen to it why did you tell me that i thought you needed to know for what reason i, I don't i don't get it so the fact that you are listening and you're tuning in and you're able to pick up on the body language so like the way I look at it is you're not doing a cookie cutter coaching. You're coaching the person for who they are. And that um, is why the results become massive for these people. Um, a few th things just to, it's worth mentioning. The name of your podcast is? Fire in the Belly. Like, you, you mentioned finding your fire in the belly. And I was like, that's the name of the podcast. That'll not make sense if you don't know that. Um, you must be near... 505 at this point talking to people yeah uh, we're probably actually over it um right. you know and i often have to explain because we've released about 300 episodes but we've done over 505 interviews i, I kind of have about 20 to 30 percent of the interviews don't go live and that's because they they get too personal they go down you know people share more than they intended to um or it's basically not going to serve or it's not a great quality so mm -hmm. we do sort of keep keep a bit of a check and balance in place and say listen if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. And that's okay. So, um, you know, that I find, you know, just, it's just been a fascinating process, you know, and, um, you know, people sort of say, why do you do it? And you kind of go, I do it because I love it and I keep doing it and I'm happy to do it. You know, where is it going to lead to? I don't know. Um, it's, it's brought up some amazing opportunities so far. And, you know, for that, I'm, I'm happy to keep going and keep, you know, sort of sharing it and connecting with people, you know, so uh, why not? is the case of being you know if you don't know any better just keep going and one of the things that, that would come up we've talked a few times about it is like you like to you like to chat to people but you like to listen as well and be present and a lot of people don't have that and that's why that's why i was saying about how many you've done because i know some of them don't get aired because when you are actually present and you're engaging that's why people go deeper because they're like fuck this person's here for me. I I can say stuff that I'm not comfortable saying to other people because I know they'll not really tune in or whatever. So do you think that's what attracts people to you? The fact that you sort of give off that presence of being there? Do you know, it's so funny because I mean, typically I say to guests to allow two hours, you know, people go two hours. I haven't got two hours and I couldn't talk for two hours. And and this time and time again, it's like, please just trust the process. I've been through this, you know, so my shows typically would be 16 to 90 minutes long, give or take. And I mean, first of all, I like to have a pre-chat because some people are a bit nervous and they're not sure and any questions beforehand. So a bit like yourself, you know, just to just to get people settled, you know, so mm -hmm. checking their audio, doing all these things. And then we we actually go through that. But by actually listening to them and then sort of almost like pulling that golden thread and like, you just said something, can we talk about that? You just said something, can we talk about that? And then, and I've had people and there's, you know, names I won't share, but I mean, there's people who are very well known for speaking on stage and they're suddenly like going, I'm telling you stuff my, my wife doesn't even know. And which is amazing, but also means then probably this episode's not been heard, <laughs> right? But yeah. you go, this is a, a fairly well-known global speaker and, and they're sort of going, I can't let you air that episode, but thank you for a beautiful conversation. Um, 
And ironically, my first intention for all any interview I do is really to have an amazing conversation. If there's a, a podcast or recording that comes off the back of it that can be shared, great. I mean, that's a bonus. It's not, it's not actually my original intention. And I think when you set off with that intention, it, it just changes the look and feel of it a bit, as mm-hmm. opposed to I'm going to get a, an exclusive here and I'm going to try and catch yeah. the person out or kind of try, you know. So I think it's just being genuine and going, I'm genuinely interested to know where it goes. And, you know, um, uh, you know, I've had some amazing guests and, and you just say, wait, well, if you're present in that moment, you're hearing what they're truly, you know, on about or what's going on. And I've, I've interviewed some people multiple times and the, the interview is completely different every time. And so it should be right. Cause yeah, who you are, your mood, your energy level tomorrow is going to be completely different today. And that's okay. Right. You know, it's just, it's, uh, it's getting people to be in the best, you know, the best way they can be. So if, I, if I'm listening to all this and I think fucking hell, this is amazing. This guy really wants to engage and listen and, and, when you're doing this stuff again, you're not trying to get, you're not trying to get that real that Instagram real or that perfect quote so that you can blow up your own socials or whatever. You're there for the person. How do I start to find my inner genius? Like, how do I start tuning into myself? What, what's the path? So, I mean, there's there's a number of things. I mean, one buying a great book called you know Be Heard to Be Rich. Listen, you're a genius. Yeah. Good book. Uh, so. <laughs> I mean, like a lot of things, I mean, listen, I, I genuinely think this whole thing, I've, I've come to the conclusion that is, is it's a massive game of you versus you, you know, and you'll get this, like the number of times that people are, you know, suffer from procrastination or they suffer from, you know, um, self-belief or they suffer from, you know, fear of failure, all these things, but these are all experiences that are in your own head, right? And this is nothing to do with Josie, the next door neighbor, or your, you know, your cousin's cat or anything else. It is purely down to you. And when people start to do this, people, you know, you start to think, right, well, if, if the problems are coming from me, then also then the solutions have to come from me as well. Yeah. Realizing that alone, you're saying, right, well, what are my habits? What are the things that I'm doing? Right. Because, you know, you know, time and time again, we, we just we're so busy looking outside of ourselves for solutions when actually we're saying, listen, what if the solutions inside me? What if I could start to actually find out that maybe I'm not perfect? You know, I know that's where I was five years ago. I was at the stage where saying, listen, I, I can't work any harder. Um, you know, my energy levels, you know, on the floor, my motivations on the floor, the whole thing is like going, I have to look externally for the answer you know, in order to me to be able to then reflect internally and say, what does that mean to me? You know, so I look at the likes yourself and say, listen, this is what Liam's doing. You know, is that something I could do? Or is it something that appeals to me? Yes or no. And then I look to the next person. What are they doing? Could I do that? You know, how does it appeal to me? But more than anything else, I think is, is you set out with an intention or a mantra or a setup in that, you know, learning how you learn. That's one of the key things here and saying, listen, I may not know what my fire in my belly is yet, but you know what? If I become a master learner, if I become somebody that's read more books or spoken to more people, it's going to experience and expose me to more things, which then is going to give me a a bigger sort of platter of options to choose from, right? And then you can say, well, listen, I've looked at this, I've tried this and all the rest, but what I suddenly found myself doing was X, Y, and Z. And that's perfect because then you're saying, you know, certain things weren't for me and that's okay. You know, I'm happy enough to let them go. Um, so it's, it's exposing yourself to, um, not physically, but exposing yourself in terms of, you know, all the experiences, all the, the, you know, the extra things. And quite often these are things you may never have thought or things that in the past you said, I wouldn't do that, or it's not for me. You know, it's, it's stepping outside of your own comfort zone and saying, listen, you know, I don't mind saying I'm dyslexic and I'm ADHD. And yet, you know, I've sort of taken myself to read about 30 odd books in the last 12 months, but yet I've listened to probably in the region of about 120, you know, so it's not a natural thing for me to do, but yet it's something it's, it's an experience. I get to, you know, listen to great books like Limitation is a Mirage, your, your very own book there, Liam, you know, listen to this one too. (laughs) My own book, you know, (laughs) It's, uh, it's that opportunity to, yeah, again, share stories, share knowledge, right? Because that's life that, you know, when we experience these different things. So people write books for a reason. People talk for a reason because that's the lessons that they've learned. 
So mm. what if you actually listened to them? And what if you just said, listen, what Liam is trying to tell me is what he genuinely has found to be the right thing. You know, he's generally found to be it's life changing for him. So what if I took that and accepted that and then applied it to my life instead of too busy fighting it and saying, well, that wouldn't work for me or, you know, he's different or anything else. And listen, <laughs> what if I literally just took this face value and said, I'll give it a whirl for two months, for six months, for a year, whatever else it is, I'll just keep trying. And then who knows? But like for me, if you talk to 505 people, you're bound to learn something, right? Maybe you learn nothing. Who knows? You would hope so. Yeah. Um, just to come back, I love the idea of looking externally so you can look internally, whereas people look externally for the fix. They're always looking around. This thing will fix me or Liam's course or Pete's course or this person or this thing or this thing will fix me. Whereas you're saying, if you don't, well, what I'm taking from it is if I don't know my genius or my purpose or my fire and just start what's his what's hers what do they do maybe i'll try that maybe i'll do this maybe i'll like that and you will find along the way i don't like meditating in silence but i love meditating in nature so if you just did silent meditation you come back going no meditation is not for me you don't like it but when you try three or four you go well these ones aren't for me but i actually like this meditation and i can come back to it so i, I love that idea and the fact that you just keep saying as well that because a lot of people will see your journey and think sure easy for him had a great job just got into something like this easy and you're going no 37 and a half fucked started on this journey so not the 37 and a half fuck that's actually what age i am now technically i think roughly um so not like this is old i'm not an old person <laughs> But any age is still the right age to go, right, changes, change needs to happen here. I mean, listen, change can happen typically in two ways. Change can happen when you bottom out, you know, mm -hmm. when you get to the stage of going, this can't get any worse. It's shit or bust. Or change can happen when you are motivated or inspired to do so, you know, and, and for me, it almost had, I had to bottom out. I was so almost locked into this is the way, this is the way, this is the way to the point I, you know, physically was getting burnt out, you know, mentally I was getting burnt out until you just get to the stage where you just literally almost white out. You're like going, I have this realization that, listen, I, if I keep going like this, I, this is going one way. This is not going to be pretty mm -hmm. or else, you know, the way I look at it now and the way I try to really sort of coach and mentor people is saying, listen, when you can actually see people as in see their not the words that are coming out of their mouth, see in terms of how they're reacting to certain things, you know, and I mean, you'll know it because you, I mean, you're really sort of, you know, you're specialist of watching body, mo um, body movements and, and texts and things, you know, the really how people respond properly. And when you read that side of it and listen to that side of it, you realize it's like they're bullshitting themselves and they don't even know, you know, the answer is actually, within them they know it's there yeah. but the words are just totally dissociated from what they're actually saying you know and and i like to sort of almost strike through that and call bullshit and say listen what i'm seeing is actually this you're responding positively to this event but yet a, another part of you the vocal part of you is saying oh i love to do this this and this yeah chances are your mother or your father your teacher or something else said you were really good at that that's what you should do mm -hmm. but actually your passion lies elsewhere you know and passion is when when i ask people what is fire in the belly 80 percent of people say passion you know that is that's the answer time and time and time again you know and you think do you know what if you live with passion for what you do how you live you know the sports you do the hobbies that you have if you live with passion it's like that's not a that's not a life that exhausts you that you get to the end of the week and you're tired and you have to take time out that's when you get to the end of the week and you feel alive and you're kind of going, I love my job or I love what I do or yeah. I love to, because it actually fills you up, you know, and, and that's, that's game changer, total game changer. I love the idea of, uh, like you're saying that whenever people are doing something, they think they're really good at it or whatever. A lot of time it is because parents or teachers or somebody said, you're good at this. And I like to tell my clients, you can be passionate about something you're shit at. Like you can have a real passion that you want to do something and start out shit. But as long as you stick with that passion and keep going, like, 
like you said yourself, not saying you were shit when you started, but you know, <laughs> doing the podcast, keep doing it. 100 and 505 people later, you're bound to have got better. You're bound to, like, if you listen to your first podcast and listen to the last one, you'd probably go, the vast improvement. I think about my first videos, speaking to camera, and I'm all over the place and not even out of nervousness, but just out of, I don't have a clue. I don't, I, I, I'm not aware that's where the lens is. I'm like chatting, like I would chat to people. And I'm like, no, no, you're supposed to come here. This makes more sense. Like, oh, so I just love that idea. You can have passion and still be shit. You, you just keep going with it. And eventually you've wrote a book, you've started your own business. You've done whatever it is that you want to do. Like that's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's having that, I mean, I, there's, there's a theory that I really love and they talk about the 10,000 hour rule to become an expert. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the principle for anyone that hasn't heard of it is basically for anyone to become an expert in anything, they need to practice for 10,000 hours. So to give you an example, that's probably the guts of 10 years. You know, if it's a, you know, even as a full-time job, it would be five years. If it's a, you know, more hobby style, it would be 10 years. So you'd need to do something 10 years to even start to think to become an expert. You know, that that just gives you a scale of where we're at. I mean, I'm, I'm really on my journey podcasting for two years, you know, on my sort of development and future self for five years, you know, and I, I know now it's like, you know, I, I have so much to learn. I have so much and I enjoy yeah. it. I'm going, I mean, it is ironic because I, I left school originally going, you know, burn the building, I'm done with education. And I was, that was me done with education. However, now familiar. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, now it's like, I get to learn and I will get to learn till the day I die, whether it's a magic trick, whether it's a new podcasting style, new technique, a new, you know, hobby, new, new, new challenge or idea. Right. So it's, it's, it's taking that principle of going, if I just do this for 10,000 hours. So then I say to people and say, well, why not adopt the attitude of being a raving amateur? So the, that. the principle of being a raving amateur is one, an amateur is someone that is allowed to give it a real good try, but they're also allowed to make mistakes. So their intention is good. They come out with the right attitude. They come out with the right purpose. Occasionally it works. Sometimes it doesn't, but that's okay. Cause they're an amateur, right? They're on the, they're on their journey. Mm-hmm. The raving bit that actually is that you come with high energy, you come with purpose, you come with drive, you know, saying, listen, do you know what? You can't fault me for the way I turn up. You can't fault me for my, you know, persistence, my consistency and all the rest. Do I make mistakes? Yes. Cause I'm an amateur, but you know what? I'm a raving amateur. And that gives me a hell of a lot of permission because I see it time and time again, you know, even with podcasting, people say, listen, always done 50 episodes. You should be almost expert now. It's like, no, no, no. Come and speak to me when I've done a thousand episodes, I might start to even think about saying I'm not an expert, but I'm, I'm reasonably good at certain, certain things. You know, but I know of a lot more to learn. So I, I do think we kind of have this, and it is an ego thing as well, where we almost want to sort of, we get so far along the lines where people start almost attaching labels to us and, you know, saying, oh, you know, you've written one book and it's bestseller, you know, you're you're amazing. And I'm kind of going, mm, okay, but, you know, I've more books I want to do. I've, I've so many more things that want to happen, you know, so I'm just part of my journey. But the brain has this amazing ability to, when we reach a goal, it immediately resets everything. You say, well, okay, that was a big thing. For me to write a book was a big, big thing. Mm-hmm. But now, like a year on, I kind of go, yeah, I wrote a, wrote a book. So what? Anyone could do it, right? You know, and I completely almost dismiss my, yeah. my achievements. And the brain does that. You, do you think, it, just to jump in there, do you think you dismiss it? Because I, I used to dismiss mine as well. Not dismiss it, but be like, anyone could do it. Sure, anyone could do that. Because I truly believed, it wasn't like, yeah, I did that. Sure. I know I'm deadly, but sure, you could if you really tried. But really, I'm thinking, no, you fucking couldn't. But I'm like, no, you could. I, I did it. Like this whole section, like here's another one of yours. This whole section here are people like I know the authors. Mm-hmm. Like that's mental. In my head, like when I left school, had barely read a book. I was like you, burned the building. Like I'm way good luck forever. And now I, like I know authors. Not just people that have wrote books, but but they're authors. Like, and you dismiss it because coming back to your coaching and mentoring, you do believe that people, anyone could do it, and it's not like a throwaway. Anyone could do that if you try. It's like literally, if you sat down with the structure and a plan and and an idea, you have a book. 
So yeah. I just wanted to jump on there because I, I it, it, make I mean, that you're totally right. And and I mean, I, I speak to people and I mean, to, to give you an example, I had a kitchen fitter in this morning. And next thing you know, you know, we're, we're talking about motivational things. And, uh, you know, he's saying, oh, you've written a book. Yeah, I wrote a book. It's like, listen, you could write a book. And then he starts sharing with me a little hobby he has. And his little hobby is he carves out these, it's like almost Neolithic faces, but these like in big round bits of wood and this sort of, and it looks fantastic. Cool. Really, really cool. And this is the guy going, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing in life. <laughs> and you're like, and I'm sitting here and in my head, I'm seeing, I was like, listen, you could turn this into a business. You could do this. You could have a whole series. You could have like a Game of Thrones series and you get da, 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 and all these things. And he's like going, yeah, I think I'll, I'll go and have a cigarette now. And must be tea time, you know? And you're like, Jesus Christ, you know, yeah. and it's not, I'm not doing it to be obnoxious. I'm not being to be egotistical. And I'm so excited going, guys, you could write a book too. You could, you know, you could experience the things I've experienced and so much more. And I genuinely want to share that with people. I'm going, listen, I'd love to help you. I'd love to inspire you. I'd love to be of service. If I can, I'll point you in the right direction or do whatever it takes. And that's the bit that gets me going, you know, and saying, listen, taking someone that almost doesn't believe, and he says it himself. He says, I, I don't I don't believe in myself. Because I, I was asking him, how much do you charge? He says, oh, I only do it for free. I've never accepted money. You know, now inside <laughs> me, I'm sitting here going, I would love to have two hours with you. I would love to, because, you know, <laughs> why and all the beliefs and everything else we have and the languages he's using. But that's the one thing is so many people are so close to having that fire in their belly, that passion. And it's just sitting, literally, it's just below the surface. Mm -hmm. And they can't even see it. And, and yet, for some reason, I can see it. Maybe it's experience. Maybe it's the fact that I'm, you know, I've tried and done a few things that they haven't. And as a result, then I get to see it and then go, wow, do you know what? I I'm trying to give you energy here. I'm trying to sort of yeah. point out a few things that maybe, and I, I hope you take on board, you know? So it's, um, yeah, as you can probably tell, I get passionate. About <laughs> um, it'd be like, I think that you see it the same way as I see it is we didn't have it. And then we submerged ourselves in all this and we surrounded everyone. I don't know if it was the same for you, but I started to meet masters and gurus and shaman. And, and then I started to realize there's nothing different about these people. I, we're all the same. They just believe what they do and that they're great at it. And if they do it, and that's why they live the life they do. So when you meet the guy who builds masks at home, you're like, like it fires you up. You're like, fuck you, you, you could do that. That's a thing. Part of me was thinking, I wonder, could he make me the mask from the mask? That would have been my first question. <laughs> Can you make the mask from the mask? Also, this is like, because you mentored this way, you've lined out a whole business in your mind for him like set up ready this is what we do this is this this is this and he's going no because he doesn't believe the first bit this is a skill because probably and again i'm speculating obviously but a lot of time when people do we random things like when i started doing magic and stuff people be like i but what are you going to do for money what are you really going to do what are you going to do in real life you know like and then i become a performing magician and i get paid more than i ever got paid in any job and they're like I, but what are you going to do when you have to retire? I don't, <laughs> Your fingers fall off. <laughs> like, I don't know. What are you going to do whenever you're not cool enough to be a magician? I am, I'm just enjoying the fucking journey at the minute and developing as I go here. Instead of pigeonholed here, you're now a barman. Stay there forever and just work on that. Um, so it's probably just because you've submersed yourself in it and you see well, potential. People have this like extended view of life. It's like, if if I go to this job, then that's me screwed for the rest of my life. And it's like, it's a job. You give a week's notice, 30 days notice, <laughs> and you change it. It's literally nothing is that permanent, you know, and vice versa. Nothing takes that long either. So it's like, if you're going to learn a new language, you say, well, you could learn it in 12 months, you know, take the next 12 months and say, listen, by, by this time, you know, April, May, June, next year, then boom, done. You've learned a new language and you can't take that away from you. Or vice versa, you might say, listen, you could learn a new habit or you could do something different or you could quit your job. And, you know, it's that aspect. But for some reason, I think it's the, the conscious mind that gets fixated on, you know, if I if I do this, then my life is ruined forever. It's like, no, it's ruined for probably a day. And then you get the hell yep. over, it, you know, and I, I have it in business all the time. People going, well, I know it's going amazingly well and it's growing rapidly in all earth. But what if there's a pandemic 2.0? 
and you're like going that was kind of once in a lifetime if you have a pandemic 2.0 you're better advised you're going to you'd be able to make yeah. the most of the opportunity you know as opposed to this fatalistic you know oh my god i'm going to be on the street and this is going to happen this is going to happen and it's like oh god okay time to time to sit down and really sort of find out what's going on here you know i so, sometimes people fixate on the what ifs in such a negative way to actually detract from the lack of belief like what if this doesn't work what if it does work fuck i don't actually believe it'll work then what are you doing like that you're aiming for the wrong thing here like i used to ask myself whenever i was doing any new decisions in, in my work life what's the the worst possible outcome and are you okay with that and if you are do it and if you aren't do something else usually i was fine it's like someone will come and take my car i'll be fine i'll just walk I'll be fine that's that's i mean it's amazing you bring that up because it's it's been a big part of my journey in the aspect of reclaiming who you are today and i mean that is just it's accepting that the things that you've done in the past are the things you've done in the past you know it's yeah. just saying i am who i am so i may be a liar i may be a cheat i may be you know a jealous person i might be you know angry person or whatever and it's saying and that's okay because that's who i was that's not who i am today and it's not who i'm going to choose to be in future but i accept that i don't live with regret i don't live with shame i don't live with this you know this sort of unspoken you know energy attached to it so simply just you know in this game of you versus you it's this aptitude of saying listen you know i did stuff in my childhood i'm not proud of you know but that's who I was at that time. I'm a different person now and I will, I'm not going to do that again. And maybe it's going to shape who I am in future in that I will choose to do amazing things. So, I mean, I have found so much power with people instead of, you know, based on the fact that it's us holding ourselves back, you know, because I look at so many people and say, listen, you could do so many things. And then you ask yourself, well, why don't they? It's like the only reason they don't is because it is in their head. They, they decided to themselves that this is not what they can do or who they are or what they deserve or anything else. So by actually taking all the, the, the faults and the failures that they perceive and saying, yeah, you know, did you fuck up? Yeah. Did you fail? Yes. Are you afraid of this? Yes. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. okay we, I agree with you. Yeah. And at that point, they actually start to look confused and you go on. Yeah. Well, what sort of coach are you? I'm, going, what's I'm, I'm agreeing. Yeah. You're not supposed to agree. You're supposed to say, right, let's let's look at that and let's see what we can do. But when you go, yes, we've all fucked up. It's it's like fighting fire with water instead of fire. They've no how to come back. I know, but I really fucked up. And you're like, did you murder anyone? <laughs> no. Or even when they say yes, did you go and do your time? Yeah. Do you regret it? Yeah. Are you going to use that information to move forward in a more positive way? Yeah. Then... The, the, you said deserve in the middle of it, and that's the word that comes up every time I talk about past. Well, people, why don't you do that? Oh, because of this, this, and they, they do all the surface level, this, 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 and then when we break it down, it comes to deserve. I don't deserve, because I did something I shouldn't have when I was younger, because I took a lot of alcohol, because I slept around, because I was mean to somebody, because I was a bully, because I was this. I don't deserve. I was this for a year. I don't deserve for the next 70 so how how do you help people overcome the what we deserve i mean the first thing is to understand that that sort of emotional debt that you are carrying you know and that that's where i was at in my life in many ways as well as saying you know uh, the baggage i carried with me was debilitating for the the weight the the fears the expectations the regrets the shame the everything the first thing is to one identify it mm-hmm Listen, this is, this is a fear. This is something that's holding you. The second thing is to get okay with it. I mean, it's, it's a bit like, a, you know, the grief process, you know, it's almost, you have the, the, the anger, the shame, the denial, the acceptance that, you know, essentially moving on, you have to go through almost the, the five stages of grief. So it's that, it's that stage when, you know, I sort of say to people, I could teach you nothing other than to accept who you are today. And believe me, that would change your life <laughs> immeasurably. 
completely imagine yeah. they wouldn't have to teach you i don't need to teach you kung fu liam could do that but i couldn't you know <laughs> uh, Always could, ready. <laughs> all these things right but it's like but people almost go yeah but but i need you to do kind of crazy stuff with me to to make me superhuman and it's like yeah you already are superhuman it's like you have a six-pack hidden under there it's just it's covered in a lot of stuff right now you know it's like you have a phenomenal ability capacity you know we're made up of 7.2 trillion cells you know you have a brain that is about the size of one kilo and yet it does amazing things while you sleep while you're awake and does all these things and it's like just what if you are actually capable of a hell of a lot more you know, and it's like the very fact that you're here today is a, is a miracle in itself. Yeah. So we start talking about deserving. It's like, you know, and, and, and I'll be honest and say a point that I've come to in my life was I'd gotten really comfortable. And comfortable is when you start to accept it, who you are, and then you sort of go, everything around me is good and it's good enough and I don't need to do anymore. Grand. It's all grand. Yeah, it's all grand. It's all lovely. And yeah, great. It's fine, fine. You know, but then the problem is you're then saying, but don't be so selfish as a human being. It's time to then start being of service to others to start to help other people up the ladder, start to, you know, inspire the kitchen fitter to, you know, potentially go into looking at this as more of a hobby. It's the chance to speak to somebody else and say, listen, do you realize, you know, I could help you or introduce you to certain people that could do X, Y, and Z for you, or just simply saying, listen, I see some potential in you and I'd love to, you know, sort of help you to do some more. Is that something you'd like to do? And not everyone's going to say yes, but some will and just, I, I genuinely think, unfortunately, that probably only about 15 to 20 percent of the population are actually living with fire in their belly, with passion in their heart. If even, like, really. I know. And it's it's probably less. I kind of, yeah. the, the me wants to sort of, <laughs> yeah. you know, at least one in five are living, you know, their sort of their best life, as you might say. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I say, unfortunately, I'm not sure if it even is, but is that not horrific? You know, we have so many things in life, we have so many connections, we have so many things, and yet people can go from, you know, cradle to grave and, and not even sort of break a sweat on their passion or their who they really love to be or what they love to do, you know, and I don't know, it's, it's you know, why not? Why not sort of be passionate? And I mean, for me, I, I can do a little bit through the podcast, through books, through mentoring, through speaking, and, you know, sort of share a little bit and say, listen, you know, I, I went from building engineer to this, you know, I went from, you know, depressed to sitting here today, you know, sort of chatting to you and hopefully, you know, being some uh, inspiration for somebody. Yeah, it's, it is a shame. And a lot of it is fear driven, like what, what if it doesn't work? Like, I, I would find a lot of people keep their passion inside because it's a wee nugget they can hold on to. But imagine if they, they're thinking like, what if I go after this and it doesn't work, and I lose it, you're like, well, then it wasn't your passion. If, if you can, if you can lose it at a failure, like fuck me, the amount of failures along the road just to get to here, I, I would be back in the bar a week after I left it. Like just, it's just having the, having the understanding that anyone can, anyone can try. And if you just try your best, then you, you'll go somewhere. Like you'll learn something. You'll learn, fuck, actually, it turns out, dancing isn't my passion or singing isn't my passion but i do like being on stage i do like entertaining like for me a big shift that i held i held back from was going from a magician to a speaker magician because i was like fuck, i like when i do the magic and then they tell me they're inspired and they like it and i do that wee filler at the end about being limitation being a mirage and all that stuff i'm like maybe that's actually what i like about being on stage not here's a card now it's in your ear i still love all that i've never done that on stage i don't think i should um so it's try it's just trying and, and being willing to progress and notice that i thought magic i thought kung fu was my thing i thought magic was my thing i thought speaking in public was my thing i thought being a mentor was my thing maybe in two years it'll be fucking organizing mentor meetups or something will be my thing it's always still helping and moving people forward but like my point of this we rant is that i didn't hold myself back going no no you said kung fu was your goal and that's that you can't change your goal you said kung fu master fucking stick at it like you can whenever you start to learn and develop about yourself and then go 
like I'm really good at this, but the people keep coming to me, they learn the Kung Fu, but mentally they come back and say, you know, I feel mentally stronger and confident. And I'm like, well, I actually like that more than you can break a brick or you can do a flying kick. That's cool as fuck, but I like that. So my rant <laughs> is based on just doing it, just try, and then you can end up. There's so much I think, you know, it really sort of comes down to, you know, how are you turning up? You know, because you can be a specialist at Kung Fu, you can be specialist at cooking, at whatever specialty you can have. But the actually the one consistent thing is the you, the person that turns up each time. So you turn up for, you know, the shower in the morning, you turn up for the Kung Fu lesson, you turn up for this, you turn up to speak, you turn up to the go. So you are the common denominator. So would it not make sense to train you? to really to get you to the optimum place to mm -hmm. find out the things that hold you back, the things that, you know, what you're really passionate about. And yeah, of course, you're going to have to kiss a few frogs to find your prince. You know, you're going to have to keep doing that. But you know what? You as the consistent person, you know, saying, well, listen, I've invested in me and then I can apply myself to pretty much anything after a while. You know, saying, well, listen, I'm a master learner. I'm, a, you know, I know if I turn up, I'm going to turn up with full energy for full purpose. The fact that Kung Fu wasn't for me, I don't, you know, hold it above my head as a noose. I turn around and go, listen, I'm, I'm obviously, I'm, I'm going to be a master at something else. And that's cool too, right? Yeah. The, the say, saying the master learner, you've mentioned it a few times, but the fact that you, the way you said it, you show up. So even to learn, you show up with passion and engagement and excitement. You see so many people at, at workshops, like the work, especially the people that you see it every fucking workshop you're doing. You're like, all right, you're back. <laughs> what have you learned since I've been to seven workshops? I haven't done anything, but they come in with a wee book and they sort of sit and they're like, wonder what's going to be listened here. And then you look over and usually I'm standing. I always will talk to the people and be like, I, I probably need to stand at the back. I'm, I'm going to be super pumped here. So I need, I need to be out of the way so I'm not doing all this in front of people sitting at the front. So I stand out in the back and I'm tuned in and I'm pacing and I'm like engaging because I, I I feel like I try to rein it back in again because I just realized I'm seated on, on camera. I feel it in my body when I talk about this stuff and I engage my whole body gets engaged like and I'm I'm ready to take action straight away as soon as the wee ideas and I'm ready and look around the room and there's people like yeah taking notes way over like full arms i always think the full arm stretch note is the laziest note i'm not even going to get up and look at what i'm writing i'll just write it from here yeah i like what you're saying there so the fact that even when you want to learn you're showing up like what's what am i here for what am i going to get what's going to come out of this whole thing and what's next that's amazing whereas i hope people listening will go fuck i never really thought about that when i go to read this book listen to your inner genius i'll actually not just lounge and flick for random page <laughs> completely out of context here's a frog yeah it's not a frog it's a chimpanzee um but whenever you sit like i i read in a position like upright or walking or cross-legged like engaged I, I look like i'm active when i'm reading and people are like you're very like pumped reading that is it good i'm like yeah yeah this is just how i i want to be engaged in it not just like imagine even if you were doing the interviews and you're like so fire in the belly what's the crack of that like what's, where? <laughs> it's you know it's it's interesting you brought that up because there's times when you do have guests that they still don't believe in themselves despite having done something or whatever they come on and their their own self-talk their energy levels or anything else and they're coming on to a show and i'm and my body just picks up on it straight away and i'm like and i and i'm just that i'm like so what are you doing uh-huh okay right uh -huh. and <laughs> yeah, yeah you, changed, you learned you read a new book that's great yeah yeah okay and it sounds terrible but you're like you're you're not even inspiring yourself let alone me and I just see the incongruency and I'm going to go on, you're coming here to tell people how to get motivated and you don't believe in yourself. I was like, I, yeah. I can't air that. I, you know, the, the principles in me said, no, listen, I mean, I got to have people who believe in themselves. I got to have people who are sort of at least willing to give it a try. I mean, they laugh at themselves at how many failures they've made, but you know what? 
they're at least ballsy enough to get off their backside and try it. They're mm-hmm. at least ballsy enough to say, listen, I've tried so many jobs and I was really, you know, terrible at so many of them. But actually like 37 jobs in my olden days. There you go, you see? And that's the thing. But then that gives you the breadth of experience. That gives mm-hmm. you the, you know, my father had a saying, and I truly believe it. It's like, you only have a right to an opinion if you've tried something. You know, if you haven't tried it, then politely go away. <laughs> it's a thing. And, and I, I see it, especially in, in my. It's very curious how you're. Because polite isn't really what we do. And it's like, fuck, this is going to be weird. He's about to go polite. And go away. Because no one else would come in. How do I be polite? Because it would have been a straight fuck off. But. Listen, let's call it what it is. It is a straight <laughs> fuck off. You know, it is that sort yeah. of. Oh, listen, you know, what. Why is it that we we get so, I don't know, we get so distracted, we get so hung up on everything that's going on around us, and you just you just want to call a spade a spade and go, listen, nah, you know, this is who I am, this is what I want to do, this is you know what's going on in my life, and it, it is just that side of, um, I, I think for anyone, it's just turning up and being who you want to be, you know. I know because I got exhausted trying to be something for everyone else, and mm-hmm. that my midlife opportunity pretty much was that. I got so exhausted trying to be all the different versions of me that I hadn't a clue who I actually was, you know, and it sounds a bit, you know, sort of Dawson's Creek, a bit like, you know, oh, I'm finding myself, man. You know? I want to wait. <laughs> Shouldn't uh, know that, but I do. <laughs> that's uh, that says more about you than me there, buddy. But, <laughs> yeah. It's, um, but no, it's, it's just, you know, giving yourself a bit of a chance, right? You know, so why not? Why not? I love that you always call it to your midlife opportunity. Hmm. And not your midlife crisis um because when you describe it if you didn't call it an opportunity the description of it people would go Fuck, he was in a crisis there that was crisis mode happened but you're like this is my opportunity to grow and again once you overcome the deserve like i i would i always find that so weird because i think well why does elon musk deserve what he's got Oh, because he worked really hard to get it. Exactly. <laughs> like that that's why he deserves that, because he worked like fuck and he's got that. Why does Pete deserve to have his own book? <laughs> I just love having this right beside me for that. Well, because you like I remember I had the privilege of being around you whenever you're writing that, like in the time and effort and, and even to turn into an audiobook. Like, so why do you deserve that? You don't fucking deserve it. You earned it. So why should we deserve anything? I deserve to be happy. Why? You're not doing anything that makes you happy. Start doing stuff that make you happy. And then happiness comes off of the back of that. And like I was talking about goal setting the other day, and I was saying that if you can imagine your goal and then start living like the person that's already achieved that, even if you don't get there, you're already living a better life because you're happier. You're not worrying as much you're starting to be well if i was already that i'd be happier and i would talk more with these people and engage more and like you've done all these interviews and the doors that have opened for you are doors that you've went and found not what most people are doing i was just going to wait here till i deserve this you know like, doesn't i mean when you when you look at the habits of you know and it's listen luck is you know for someone to call me lucky it's one of the biggest insults you can give me you know, and I'd say that to any successful people is just saying that's lucky is just, you know, I think people say, oh, Tiger Woods, he's lucky. It's like, you know, he's done swung and, and hit more balls and, you know, from the age of God knows what to now. And, you know, he's taking the highs, the lows, the practice, the practice, the, the, you know, the sacrifice and all the rest. To call that person lucky is an insult. To call yeah. any entrepreneur really a, a lucky is an insult. It's the fact that actually, you know, people who are willing to, you know, same with my property career i sacrificed a hell of a lot you know and put in the extra hours and there's times i go what the hell am i doing this for and i'm you know i'm, I'm sweeping floors or doing whatever and even in our, our new home here I've, I've done that and i'm sweeping the floor and going what on the name of god have i done and why am i sleep sweeping this floor and why am i doing all this and then i look up and the whole floor is swept and going oh actually that was quite a good job well <laughs> i was like yeah you know, so it, it's it's in this game of you versus you, it is actually that thing of going, do you know what? There's times when you got to be your own personal trainer. You're going to go, listen, you're talking absolute crap here. I need to sort of shut you up. I would say probably 85%, you'll have a better view in this. 85% of the voice in your head is full of crap. 15% is probably 
yeah, reasonable. Maybe 10% is good and 5% is pure genius. Yeah. So the problem is that 85% has to be shut up, you know, and sort of told to be quiet, you know, to allow that sort of last 5% of genius to actually come to work. And, you know, that's the bit, whether it is, as you see, meditation, listen, meditation can be for me, it's, you know, I, I listen to audio when I'm meditating and I'm, you know, and I, I do it and, you know, I don't sit in the pose, I'm lying out in the bed and I'm doing all these things. And, and this is news to me, right? This is all different because I am a building engineer. You know, that was my origin, yeah. you know, so I didn't come into this field. I quite happily say now that I'm, I've gone down quite a spiritual field, you know, I feel very connected. There's so much going on in my life and I find parts of me that I just didn't know existed, you know, and um, why the hell not? And, you know, I'm going to try everything. I'll keep trying and certain things will be for me and some won't, but I appreciate everyone uh, as much as I possibly can. I like in the, we were talking about the 85% of the brain being nonsense. And I liken it to social media when I'm explaining to people. The problem with social media is the assholes are more vocal than me or you. So, so someone will post something and you're going to get 10 assholes saying something derogatory or just, and then the people that, that know or can help or that have that genius idea or have that helpful piece of information, they look at that and go, that's not a world I want to get into. I know I find myself doing it with people like I've had people post on my stuff and they give me shit. And then eventually a friend will text me, you're not going to respond to that. And I'm like, no, I don't, I, I don't care. It doesn't, it's their opinion. They they can think that it's shit. That's that's fine. I'm all for it. Good luck. So it's the same thing in our mind. Like we're the eighty five percent of shit, and most of it's learned. Like we learned it from. Like I was at school, I was on fuzzbuzz in third year. I couldn't. My writing was terrible. My reading was terrible. And they were like fuzzbuzz. You're supposed to do in like P six or something. And they're like, you're gonna be in jail or the army before you get back. I like, go. Oh, if I had held on to all that stuff, like I wouldn't have got fucking anywhere so it's like and i think it's down to meditation that gave me the opportunity to sit down quiet and when i seen steve one of the other trainers doing magic instead of just going he's amazing i went that's amazing how is he doing that and it's just such it's one different word subtle but it made me go he could teach me that he somehow knows how to do that i could be someone who knows how to do that it took me three weeks to fucking convince him to teach me but there's where the persistence comes in but he eventually did so it's, it's having those strength of convictions to go listen i don't know why i'm supposed to be here talking to you today i don't know why but i'm really interested in what that person's doing and i'm going to try and, and I, I, listen i don't know what it's going to lead to or for some reason i feel called to read this book or to reach out to that person or whatever and i mean you're so right with social media and when you think about it it's like it's like probably the world's biggest marketing department and, you know, sort of people who do all this versus you, mm-hmm. you know, it's like Facebook is every fourth post is an advert. Every, you know, third post is a paid promotion. Every second post is someone trying to sell you. And then the, the every first post is probably somebody with a, a, a new dog or their dinner that they're trying to show you, you know, <laughs> but bearing in mind, it's like, you know, 50% of those posts are specifically designed to try and tease you, inspire you, you know, get you involved or whatever in some way. So it's all looking for external connection to you. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is to say, you got to be bloody mindful because, you know, unless you've got multiple marketing degrees and can compete, you know, on a, on a mental level with all these marketers of the world and all the rest, it's like going, yeah, they're getting a main beeline straight to your hand and your face and your eyes. Yeah. You're allowing that to happen. 50% at least of what's on social media. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's there. And listen, we've all done it. Same with TV, same with radio, same with the whole thing. It's like, you really got to be mindful of, of what's going on around you and what you're taking in, you know? And, you know. It comes back to what you were saying earlier. How do you show up? Like, how do you show up to your phone when you just pick the phone and scroll? Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What, what are you paying attention to? Like, how do you show up when the TV's on? How do you show up when the news is on? How do you show up when you're interacting with people? Um, what, one of my favorite videos to watch is This Is Water. And I have completely forgot by who. It's part of a speech. Um, 
and he's just talking about like mundane things like going shopping i'm gonna i'll link it because i'm not gonna fucking remember his name he's got a three barreled name i'll google it the next time i'll think about it i think the bruce lee interview is about being water be water my friend but i don't think that's probably what you're talking about no but this is all the same idea like the, the idea of the, the idea in this video is that you can be in your default setting of just life is happening at you and you're the center of attention and it's just there's nothing you can do about it it's just life or you can choose to be aware you can switch on you can think that maybe the person in front of you in the queue who's struggling has had a terrible day or just just thinking a wee bit more about like why am i sitting watching tv what could i be doing different like could i be reading a book like there's many fancy books you could read could i be reading a book could i be listening to a podcast could i be watching something that inspires me or do I need to watch some superheroes battery chiller because it's been a hectic day? That the answer could be yes, I should be lying here watching TV, or no, I'm I'm just fucking about. So again, it's just it's uh showing up, like being being aware and like how you show up. Um, uh, it's interesting you bring it up because I'm part of my journey was, you know, saying, Well, listen, you know, I have to come up with something new. And, <laughs> yeah. So a sort of a bit of a myth breaker for anyone that's listening here is saying, listen, the chances of you coming up with something new is pretty much zero. Yeah. You know, most things, there's, there's not, when you think of anything in life, there's very little is genuinely new. It's always generally a version of something else. So yeah. let's burst that myth straight away. That you're, you're not going to come up with anything new. End of, full stop. So you can just, you can let go of that. Say, listen, there's nothing new in this world. Okay. So that's the first thing. The second thing is then, what if you then went and pulled together or learned and, and exposed yourself to all the different thoughts and ideas and concepts of all these different people, right? So you read this book, you listen to this person, you get taught by this person, you do all this. Well, then what, by the time you bring all that information back together again, what you will have is not something new, but something completely unique. Because yeah. that's, that's the mixture of your experience, the teachings of someone else, the book that you read, the exposure that you had, you know, the, the things that happened in your life. So whilst it's not new, it's totally unique. And that in itself, that uniqueness is what gives you the right to stand up, to write that book, to speak to the people, to help somebody out, to be of service to somebody else. You have an absolute duty to be of service mm-hmm. because of your uniqueness. Not because it's new, because it's probably not. It's probably a, a combination of all these different ideas and concepts all come together. But you know what? That's that evolution process, that sort of, you know, reinventing, that exposing and that sort of strengthening of ideas and how it's actually helped you is what's going to help other people. So don't try and be new. Just try and be unique. Just be yourself. And that's something I found was huge. It stopped me for ages going, well, listen, you know, people have heard this before and they've read this before. And why would I talk about this? Why would I talk about this? But it's that ability to say, well, listen, this passage in this book really meant something to me. And I love the way that, you know, Liam O'Neill says this and, you know, Les Brown says that and John D. Martini says this. And and this is what it meant to me. And that's what I heard. And and maybe this will relate to you. Congratulations. We are all beautifully unique. If you take nothing more away from this and saying, please celebrate your uniqueness, because that in itself to me is living with fire in your belly it's, it's the unique and it's going at it with passion purpose and intention you know so that's my rant thank you it's an awesome rant i think i'm just curious curious i'm curious the other word aware of the time um and i know i've taken up a lot of it so we'll round it there definitely we'll have you back because the problem is that we'll just end up talking for hours if i don't be time conscious and um, the unique things amazing and again at same conclusion I came to a few years back where I was like I'm trying to reinvent the wheel and like the wheel's the wheel and sometimes people you and me could say the exact same thing and people will resonate with how you said it and how I said it an example I always used to use was when you were younger and your one of your parents so for me it was when I was younger if my dad said you have to go to your bed you'd go cool and you just do whatever the fuck you were doing anyway mom would come along and go you have to go to bed and you'd be like okay <laughs> and you go to your bed it's the same thing same same tone everything but it was the person behind saying yeah. that, that created the actual action 
Um, wh where do people find you, Pete? What is the best way to reach out to you? Where do we get your book? Where do we get? Um, so the book is available on Amazon and all usual good online uh, retail online retailers. Um, you can go to my main website, which is www.mightypete.com. Um, and that is there, which helps people to actually uh, signpost people to the podcast, to the book, to the mentoring, et cetera. And uh, yeah, listen, it's, it's, it's all there in one place. So cool. I'll link everything below anyway, just so they can find it. And for everyone else, there is an audiobook also. You didn't mention the audiobook there, but the audiobook's there. I like to listen to the audiobook whilst reading the book at the same time. I think it just creates more connection. Um, Pete, I really appreciate you and your time. Thank you very much for jumping on. Um, and for everyone listening, have an amazing day, whatever you get up to, and I will speak to you again soon.